Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the Love of Pomegranate podcast is brought to you today in association with the Who Knows Wins app. Do you have somebody in your family or in your life who thinks they are the absolute Nostradamus of guessing all the scores correct and all the games, getting all the results correct on any given weekend? Well, the Who Knows Wins app will be a way of you calling their bluff. What it is, is it's a social sports game where mates, friends, family, colleagues, you may name it, can pit their wits against each other for real money, but most importantly, for the all-important bragging rights of being that person who knows just that bit more about sports than everybody else. Um, you can use the app for free. It is a free app to download from the iOS and from the Android store. Um, if you don't have a custom league that you've set up yourself, don't fear. You can always play in in-app leagues as well with the community that is there. And you can join one of those, just like this week's Pick 10 League has a £6,000 prize fund. That might be something that might interest you as well. You can keep on top of all the live action within the application with live updates and live score updates in real time, which is really, really handy. And so far, since its inception, over £2 million have been won on the application itself. Just a couple of things to mention too. You need to be 18 years or over to use the application. Application is available in the UK, so some of our listeners outside the UK may not be able to, to avail of this application. And lastly, please, 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 please remember to gamble responsibly. So thank you once again to Who Knows Wins application. And now, let's go back to the podcast. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Good evening, everybody. Welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. Very, very early when we don't usually do our preview shows this early in the week. But uh, I don't know, something about winning makes me want to talk about Aston Villa. <laughs> uh, that and the fact that I'm chock a block for the rest of the week, so I probably wouldn't have got to it until Saturday morning um, at this rate. But uh, 
delighted to be doing it tonight on the back of a win. Paddy, how are things with you? Did you eat a lot of pancakes today? I ate too many pancakes. Well, I actually cooked too many pancakes. I didn't eat all of them, but I'm a little bit full now of pancakes. I don't want to see them for another 12 months. Yeah, <laughs> I was feeling under the weather today. I have a, have a touch of a cold. And uh, one day, I actually love pancakes. It was a, I love getting stuck into a, a heap of pancakes. But um, yeah, today I was uh, today I was a bit more reserved because I'm feeling sorry for myself. That's why. But uh <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully the, the the Villa result at the weekend. Hopefully, I'll be right to be able to cheer, cheer on Villa at the weekend. But um, yeah, Villa are playing the Southampton team, Paddy. Uh, resurgent, I think. What's this? They haven't lost in twelve games or something. Uh, some crazy stat they're on the best run. Not much. Something mad, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they lost the Wolves. In, they lost the Wolves in January. Um, That's hardly other, twelve or, games ago. Other than that, they maybe. haven't been beaten since the eleventh of December. Uh, there you go. Maybe they've maybe they haven't lost in eleven out of the last twelve games or something like that. But I saw something crazy whereby they've they've just got on on a great run, and they've taken points off likes of you know they've taken points off some good teams of Man City and and and, mm. and those I think recently as well. So a team not to be not to be underestimated. Southampton. Um, there was even rumors today. I read today whereby uh, Ragnick is uh, looking to try and tap him up. Hasselhoot come to come to Old Trafford. Maybe take really? over the reins from now. I know that Hasselhoff is a disciple of Rangnick's, but um, yeah, I, <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I think even even being over here on the west coast of Ireland, I'd be too close to Old Trafford for the absolute madness that would happen if uh, if uh, Hasselhoff rocked up at Old Trafford as the full time coach. Uh, but um, <laughs> he's a man, and and the reason I'm talking about him is he's a man that very much plows his own furrow when it comes to tactics and when it comes to. To, to the game in general, you know, he's got his own mindset and he's got his own way of thinking and he puts out some ridiculous formations from time to time, um, mm. uh, you know, and 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 we've seen the, we've seen his teams get beat, probably was it 9-0 by Chelsea or someone like that, and then next thing they come back and they've, they're, they're sturdy as, a, as an old barn door the next day, you know, so they're a very, very unpredictable team and they're a team that... Um, they can go from the sublime to the ridiculous in in the space of six or seven days, and hopefully, hopefully this this uncharacteristic bout of stability that they've had under him um, turns to the ridiculous next week, and we go and we do a number on them uh, on, on on Saturday. But they're not a team that we like facing, Paddy. Should sure or not? No, um, and historically, I've always felt that way about Southampton, even going back to the days in the Dell. I went on a couple of tours down there, un, unsuccessful ones. Um, went to one great one actually. Uh, the day Andy Townsend scored the five thousandth Premier League goal. I was just about to say, that, yeah. That was uh, that was the last time I went to Southampton away. So, showing my age there now, but <laughs> that's probably twenty two or twenty three years ago. So God. I was only six. <laughs> You're only six. Yeah, <laughs> I believe that. You believe anything? <laughs> five thousand goal, yeah, for Andy Townsend. Um, God, and you know what? Uh, what a fantastic midfielder he was! Some passer mm. of all, um, just to, like he—he he was a player. Although he was a good player in his day, like how much better would he have been in this in in modern day football? He would have been absolutely fantastic there. Uh, mm. Just just like underutilized uh, player in his day, but still obviously a a, a, a captain and a, and a driving force uh, amongst mm. amongst Aston Villa and Chelsea and Norwich as well. Before that as well, but. Um, yeah, just on a complete nutter, 
uh, tangent, Andy Townsend. <laughs> yeah, if we could reincarnate him and play him in the middle midfield, he'd be he'd be a serious player there, a serious pivot player. Uh, but Southampton hasn't been very, very, very good for us. And and you know what, Paddy? It's we were only talking about it off air there beforehand. Uh, we're waffling a bit here, but like they just seem to have players that love playing against us, like Theo Walcott. Does nothing all year scores against Aston Villa. Or it's mm. his best game of the year against Aston Villa. And then Shane Paddy's Lund. favorite Irish player of all time. Not a lot of people know this. Not a lot of people know this, but Paddy's favorite Irish player of all time is Shane Long. He just absolutely adores him, thinks he's fantastic. <laughs> Paddy, Paddy's not the biggest Shane, Shane Long fan in the world. <laughs> if there was ever a footballer stealing and living, it's Shane Long. He's living, <laughs> he's living half a goal for Ireland since 2016. So I don't know. 2016. Yeah, scores against Germany and, and gets selected in squads for the next five years without actually doing anything. But he, he hasn't been around the squad in a while. But uh, yeah, always turns up against Villa, which really bloody grinds on me now, I can tell you. Um, maybe since his West Brom days, he has a bit of a dislike for them. I don't know where that comes from, but always seems to come up trumps against us or, or at least cause us trouble. Unless Probably won't be playing now after all that. Um, no, I'd say he'd probably get a run out tomorrow in the FA Cup because that's something that we want to talk about as well. They do have a game between now and us, so we aren't even, yeah. uh, even though we're coming to you on a Tuesday, they could have a completely different outlook uh, on what their team is going to be come Saturday. But uh, Southampton also have um, a certain Nathan Redmond as well, who I like him as a player. I think he's good. I think he's just, he's not not outstanding or anything like that but he's a solid solid player and he always tends to show up against Villa as well obviously an ex-Blue Nose and uh, someone I think that, that relishes playing against Aston Villa and another tiny little piece on this as well that Southampton went on a kind of a foray for full backs this season and they signed uh, they signed Livermento who Aston Villa were very very heavily linked with as well and and, and very much so almost signed him but, but he signed for Southampton and unfortunately I think he's out for the rest of the season or he's He's going to probably be out for this game anyway. And they also signed Thierry Small. Um, I think a nephew of Brian Small, if I'm not mistaken, former Aston Villa player and mm. uh, from Everton. And 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 it was almost, look once again, it looked like a nailed-on situation that Thierry Small was going to sign for Aston Villa's uh, youth team. But um, I'd imagine he's going to get a start for, for Southampton tomorrow at left-back um, as well. So there's there's... Look, there's tentative connections, I think, between the two clubs and, and the way that they're looking at things. And Going to take a look at how they how they shaped up against Everton. Didn't want to take how they shaped, shaped up against Norwich because they always had Norwich's number. They completely controlled that game. Uh, so I took the Everton game to take a little look and see what the situation was there. And to be honest with you, we might see a very, very familiar pattern with the way that they set up against Everton and how we set up in two or three games this season under Steven Gerrard, which... I don't know whether it's just coincidence or whatever. I haven't looked into it too much, but uh, it was it was an interesting one for me when I did look at um, specifically the positioning of the left back, um, who is Livermento or who are yeah. I think it might have been before Walker he got Peter. injured. I'm not sure. Walker Peters. Sorry, it was it was Walker yeah. Peters um, in that instance. But we'll talk about that in a moment. But Paddy, I suppose before we get on to it, let's let's focus on ourselves and let's look at the at this team. We're a mile out from the game. I know that completely. But um, players are obviously or should be buoyant after Saturday. They probably only got back into in, into training what Monday morning, um, maybe even yesterday. Maybe I don't know, or maybe even today. Mm. Should I say today's Tuesday? Maybe even today. So they're going to start game planning, but. 
it was something that the players very much so needed. And thinking back on it now, do you think that's going to be a huge, huge lift for 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 the players, or do you think that you know it's 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 still something to be proved? Um, when they go out again on Saturday, considering that they have been very, very Jekyll and Hyde, uh, specifically, I suppose, in the last 10, 10 games mm. or so. Well, I suppose there's, there's a lot of play here. Um, I, I read, I think it was, uh, his name escapes me in the, in the Athletic, saying that Stephen Jarrett gave them some time off and some team bonding last week and stuff. Greg like Evans. That. Greg Evans, there you are. Should remember that global Greg Evans, um, yeah. he's uh, you know, and and that that made a lot of sense. They looked they looked like a, a together bunch at the weekend. Now I know Brighton are a completely different kettle of fish to Southampton uh, style wise and tactics wise, so it's going to be a completely different game. But I think we're in a good place. I don't envisage any changes from from the team that started at the weekend. I just think that. He will go with it. I know a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, throw Buendia out, or or get Buendia back in, or or uh, bring Sanson in for Luis, or something like that." But I just don't envisage that's going to happen this weekend. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to hold back on until later when when I think about what what my player, what what way the team might actually play. Um, I think. I think the team that we played and I think the way that we played at the weekend against Brighton, once again, Brighton are another one of those funny teams that just set up differently to 17 of the other teams or 18 of the teams in the league, other teams in the league. And Southampton are another proposition whereby they set up just so differently to everybody else. And I think that it probably could be a bespoke game plan for the weekend. And with that in mind, I think it'll be very much uh, batting down the hatches for Aston Villa at the weekend. And that might not be what people want to hear. Because um, the the battleground once again is going to be battleground for the Southampton for for Southampton is is actually trying to stay compact in midfield, but also trying to keep keep wide because they 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 tend to play they tend to set out at a four two 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 kind of a situation. It's a really really strange formation as I say. They play four two two two, and everyone just breaks out. Uh, it's almost like they line up in an eye up, up the middle of the field and then they break out wide, and it's very, very mm. unpredictable. So, um, trying to bring some sort of structure to that is going to be really difficult. I wouldn't like to be doing that. And I've said this if you listen to any podcast we've done about Southampton previous, um, I they're the team I hate, get, I would hate the game plan for of, of any team. Uh, when mm. you watch them, they look like they're pretty, they, they can look at times to be pedestrian and plattish, but they, they just drag people left, right, and center. They drag people yeah. left, right, and center, and that's why people like Nathan Redmond or um, uh, what's that other guy, Gineppo, and, and and those guys that they have that may not be massive, massive names, but they can flourish in a system like that because they've got all the endeavor and they've got a lot of pace, you know. So they'll just keep on running, 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 and and essentially carrying water, trying to get the ball up the bar mm. to um, Borja and um, whoever else plays up up top with him. So it's going to be an interesting one, and for that reason. For that reason, I think that he'll play. He'll play Ali Watkins, all right, because we're going to need to run around their two centre halves as well. But I don't know. Does he play any Danny Ings? I think is is might might be the the person that loses out there, and potentially we see Buendia come back in once more because I don't think it's going to be a massive battle of um, brute strength inside there, and I think that we might get some some purchase by having 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 the guiding creativity of of two tens in there again, but. Um, 
uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Like, it'll feel completely different come come Saturday morning or Saturday <laughs> afternoon when the team sheet is 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 released. Yeah. Now, well, I I be I be in the camp of of keeping it as it is for uh, up front because, as you say, Watkins will do that work. And to be fair, Buendia would as well. Um, I'd like to see just Romeo and Ward Prowse kept as deep as they possibly can. Um, it'll more than likely start with uh, Armstrong and Elianusi, who I'm both very familiar with from from their time watching them at Celtic. So they can do damage. They they can drop in and, and be narrow in defence, and they can also uh, spin out wide and catch it and get to the byline and and put it in for the for the the guys in the middle. And we've also got Shea Adams, who I'm sure would love to 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 put one over on us as well. It's not. It's not going to be an easy one. I, I think. I think the battle is going to be won around that, whatever you call them. That the, whether it's one ten or three tens, whatever we play. If if it's, uh, it, I, I would imagine they would play Danny Ings, and I would imagine they would play Watkins, and 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 that's got to be the one that puts the pressure on for us, um, because I, I, you know, they're, they're, this is a completely different game to the games that we like. We've we're after losing two games badly to teams that we should have won. Uh, should have won against, but uh, this one, you know, you're, you're kind of going into it, going, or oh, you'd nearly be happy with a point here, but we could come out of it disappointed if we don't get three points, you know. So we'll just we'll, just, we'll wait and see what happens come the weekend. But um, I think the fact that you've said Liveramento is injured, I hadn't heard that, but he he's been anyone that plays fantasy football knows that he's been, that. he's been brilliant. I, I, all I, yeah, I I could be wrong on that. I don't know. As I say, my um. It's been it's been a mile a minute for the last uh for the last two or three days, but um uh, yeah, uh it looks like well on the ninth of February um it looked like maybe he was touch and go. Um with a calf problem, but uh, I thought he was still out. Anyway, yeah. beside the point. Beside the point, uh he's only one of eleven players we're gonna to need to worry about. Um exactly. It's yeah. Look, it's it's going to be interesting, and there's a couple of comments here, and and uh, I'm going to look at them there. There's uh, where's it gone to? Um, a couple of ones there about saying not to change the team that we shouldn't change a winning team. Yeah, Ad says there don't don't change a winning team, and and I'm all for that. I I, I really am. It's just when when you're playing against a, a Southampton team, you're going to have, especially a Southampton team whereby over the last six games we've won once, we've lost five times, we've conceded fourteen goals, we've scored seven. You know, we we we're, we should be heavy underdogs in this game at the weekend, um, mm. and and you know, just based on current form, based on current form, based on past form, based on historical form, and and on how we play against Southampton. You know, they're a really are a bogey team for us, and the reason that they're a bogey team for us is because they just play a batshit bonkers um, uh, formation most mm. of the time. And uh, while I'm normally a massive fan of not don't no need to change a winning team if they broke don't fix it. Um, for for a game like this, I I think that we should bear in mind what they're going to do when we set up our team as well. Um, just because you're not going to come up against another team like this in the Premier League, you know they're going to play with this play with this formation. Um, but if the, but like likely we could go out with the same players, just tweak the formation. Uh, it's something yeah. that may may potentially happen, but I don't really know what more you could really do with those players because you can't really drop... You could drop Watkins a bit further back, but, you know, then are we kind of really looking at a 2-10 situation again and we know that Watkins doesn't play well in that. So, yeah. um, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really strange one because Southampton like to put up goals against us. Like, even looking at this, going back as far as 2016, they got they scored four against us in 2016, scored three against us in 2019, two against us 20, in 20, four against us uh, in, in 2020 as well. Then this, the, then we beat them 1-0 and then they beat us 1-0 uh, then on, um, in November of this year. So, you know, historically they have put up goals on us and uh, we've struggled to deal with the, this This particular group of players have struggled mm. to deal with their formation previously too. So uh, hopefully I'm, um, hopefully we've come to terms with that and we've learned what they're about and we can get the better of them. Um, da, 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 where is... Uh, John Steele says, uh, I reckon before the end of the, end of the season we're going to hit a team 5-0 <laughs> I'm just an old but, fool, but still, no, we, no, we could but do. yeah, I, I've been saying that for weeks that, that there's a performance like that coming, and no, knowing us, it'll come against bloody Arsenal or Leicester or someone, and not against the, the teams that we should be doing it against. So, I, I definitely think that there will be a game where it just all comes together and, and we just end up hitting someone for five or six for sure. It won't be this game. I don't think so, no. I don't think no, so. Just, they've got too much to offer. Um, how are you, Stuart? Good to see you again. Greetings, New Zealand. It's been a while, but good to see you. Um, great result on Saturday. Southampton will be a good test to see if we can keep up the intensity that Jared has been seeking. Absolutely. I agree for mm. 100% sure. Um, and Ad, once again, says, we always make Oriel Romero look world-class against us. And, you know, I take my licks. I I would have signed him as an auxiliary defensive midfielder in the in, in the January transfer window. He wouldn't have been the sexy signing, and I said that at the time. Um now I'm put it this way, I'm not crying myself to sleep that we didn't sign him. I was saying if we absolutely had to sign somebody, um he wouldn't have been a million miles away from my from my thought process um if we could get absolutely nobody else. But uh he, he does a job inside there and he he's their enforcer. You know, I think was it what, what game did we see recently? Was it against Spurs? Um, was it against Spurs? I think it might have been, and he, he was just mm. brilliant. He was absolutely excellent at just shadow, um, kind of shadowing there. The um, oh Jesus, my mind is all over the place. He just just kind of playing in that in that defensive midfielder and, and kind of um, protecting, shielding the the, the yeah. back two. Um, he's the kind of he's the kind of player that fly, flies under the radar when you're not watching him. Yeah. And then you go, oh Jesus, where did he come from? He, you know, he's, he's a thirty year old water carrier. Like that's what he is. Like you're not yeah. going to pay massive money for him, but he's kind of one of these players that if you have him, you kind of go, Jesus, we're lucky we have him. Uh, even though he's the sexiest player around, his type of player, even maybe not even just the player himself, but his type of player, mm. they're kind of one of the, one of the guys that you want to have on your team. You don't want to be playing against them. Um. But uh, yeah, let's like as I say, I would be expecting that he's going to be. He might he might um, link up with his old. I'm trying to think. Did he play at Barcelona with Coutinho? Hardly, I would imagine. He seems like he's been in the Premier League for the last 25 <laughs> years, Romeo. But um, yeah. he's got. I, I would imagine he's he's the guy who's going to be unleashed to uh, to follow Coutinho around the field. And to be honest with you, that could work in our favor because. Man marking Coutinho is kind of what we want or what we mm. would like to get from teams, I think, at this at this point in the game. Because if you've got somebody, if there's only one person marking him, then he's going to find space. Uh, odd and all as it sounds, yeah, he's going to find space. Um, because he's had to do it all his life. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Paddy, test, take a look here. And um, 
Let's take a look at this. Uh, I, I, I was debating whether I'd bring it up because I've no idea what way the team is going to be. And it's probably too premature to do it uh, because of the, as I say, there's there's uh, there's no real consensus on what way the team is going to line out. And also, I fucking can't find, I have my, um, I had the, the way that Southampton lined up the last day here on the screen somewhere. But it doesn't seem to have loaded in. Give me two minutes. Talk amongst yourselves. Um, and I will bring that up. Uh, Phil, Paddy. Phil, this is what you're supposed to do. Is you're supposed Phil. to fill. <laughs> uh, so this is Southampton. Oops. So this is how Southampton set up the last day against Everton. Uh, sorry for the crude. Uh, kind of markings that are there on it. I, I should have erased those, but uh, set up obviously 44 is their goalkeeper there. And then this is the, the this is how they set up in midfield. So you'll see how very, very compact they kind of go. They, they go in midfield. Uh, obviously, yeah. number two being their left back. Look familiar how far forward the, the, the left back is. Um, uh, up there alongside uh, Borja uh, up there. So he, he's he's been a bit of a player, I think, Paddy. Um, the Albanian, um, Albanian striker. Obviously, he came from Chelsea. They're, they, they would have been happy with doing no other business in in, in January other than to tie him down. And unfortunately, they weren't able to, for them. They weren't able to do it. But he looks a player, mm. um, uh, and and I think Chelsea are going to probably actually invite him back into the fold, uh, which will be interesting considering the strikers that they have already. But they don't have anything really like him, and he's an interesting player because he's a bit of a battering ram up there, and it'd be interesting. Uh, uh, I'll. I'll reserve judgment on how our two centre halves are going to do against him. Put it that way um, mm. at the weekend. But I think I don't, the four I don't think you. I don't think you'll be a Chelsea player. I, I, I don't think Chelsea bring any players back into the fold today. <laughs> I'd be surprised I, I if they didn't. I I think potentially yeah. he could, and potentially Connor Gallagher could. Uh, with the with the new rules that are coming into play, they'll probably have to start doing it. Or, or let the players go. Cheek. This yeah. to stick around there like a bad smell, doesn't he? <laughs> they can't seem to get rid of him. Not that he's a terrible player or anything like that, but um, he's mm. somebody that uh, that's been out and loan a couple of times and and, mm. and has always come back. Um, the one the one thing that worries me looking looking at that how congested that is in midfield is that we revert back to that pushing our fullbacks high up the pitch and tucking in the two boys, and that's not what I want to see. Given that. I haven't been to Villa Park since the 1st of December and I'm going this weekend. That is not what I'm going to look at, I hope. I hope to see what I saw at the weekend, a, a team that plays well and barely even gets out of third gear and, and goes and wins the game 2-0. I'd much rather see that than see what we've, we've seen in the two games previous. But looking at the congestion in that midfield and the fact that they do play that 4-2-2-2, I, I can honestly see why he would do it. But I hope not. This is what you do, Paddy. This is what you do here. Keep them honest. Keep them honest. Bring your fat. Bring on the fast boy. Play him <laughs> out here, and let Coutinho then come in, and uh, let Coutinho roam from the left hand side last week, like you did. Let him roam away there. Bring in, even if uh, I don't know who Bailey comes in for, but like let's just say you've got Watkins up top, um, and and you bring him in here to run in between the two centre halves like this. Like they they will bring 
whoever bring Romeo out here. They will need to bring him out here if they uh, if if we go with that kind of three up top kind of situation that we had. Mm-hmm. There's no way they can push their left back up as high as they as as they would have here. Because if we get the ball to Leon Bailey there and he gets he gets uh, outside here one on one with um, who is that? Who plays Walker uh, Peters? That's not that's not Walker Peters there though. Is it the Walker Peters is 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 going to be their yeah their left back yeah 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 but um I can't remember who the two centre halves are. I'm having an absolute nightmare here. This head call is kicking the shit out of me. Salisu and Bednarek um, are their two are their two centre halves. Yeah, so Salisu is good. I I like Salisu uh, and um. And Bednarak is there. Livermento is actually back. He played against Norwich at the weekend, so I don't know mm-hmm. where I got that he he was injured um, from there. But uh, so um, Livermento on the right hand side here. Yeah, let him let him up against Coutinho. I've no problem there. I've no problem with Livermento going back and forth there with Dina and, and, and Coutinho this side. But yeah. I think that we could catch them out there if Walker Peters um, does want to go go forward like he did like like he did against. Uh, Excuse me, Everton and Norwich, and this this is the the mapping that they had against Everton, not against Norwich. Bear that in mind as well. But um, you've got Romeo here and War Prost to play very very close together. Um, Elianusi, as you mentioned, Paddy Elianusi stays stays further forward. Borca and Shea Adams hog the hog the middle, and this is what I mean by they all they hog the middle here, and then they break outwards. Armstrong breaks to the right. Um, yeah. Shea Adams goes and supports him. Borca usually, uh, Borja usually um, holds the center here as well, and Elianusi can whip in across there. But uh, War Prost and and uh, and Romeo are. Um, are, are are pretty pretty stagnant back there, you know. War Prost does get forward, all right. You know, chip balls into the box and take his free kicks and all that stuff. But he isn't the he isn't the McGinn type that kind of bombs on forward and has no. all that that energy and, in the world. And with with Elianusi and partic- particularly Armstrong, there's no need for him to bomb on forward because that's it. They're two, they're two boys that 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 just get into that McGinn position on on either side of the of the pitch. And uh, Stuart Armstrong is a worry for me. He, he's deceptively quick and and very 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 skillful on the ball. So he, he's one that needs to be marshaled and looked after. So that's you know a worry for me. Um, and that playing two up top just it just worries me that we revert back to that uh, letting the fullbacks bomb on and letting McGinn and and uh, young uh, JJ do the do the donkey work, which I hope it doesn't come to, but. Just look at how congested that midfield is. It's scary. Yeah. And once again, we're going to have to go laterally, like against Brighton. And that's why I know it's not going to happen to bring in Leon Bailey and play him in there and use his pace. I I know Mm. it's not going to happen. But if you did want to stretch this Southampton team, look, I'm obviously very aware of the fact that you you bring on Leon Bailey there and, and, and Walker Peters gets that far forward. And Leon Bailey doesn't do a tap of work coming backwards in defense. He just doesn't like you know. It's he, yeah. he didn't do it under Peter Bosch um, at Leverkusen. Uh, we haven't seen enough of him, but anytime we have seen him, he doesn't do that defense. Doesn't do a ton of that defensive work. But mm. um, there will be tons of space there for him. Whether he starts or whether you bring him on, I think this could be a, a, a game for him to that he could find some space later on, even if he comes on mm. uh, and, and we want to change it up. But and you, 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 I'm sure if you go back through the the, the heat maps, you, you'll see Liveramento in that Walker Peters positions on a number of occasions. He strikes me as somebody who's very good going forward, but defensively a little bit neglecting what what he should be doing. So that, that's that's an area we could exploit. But he he's just as likely to exploit us because he's a fine footballer. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I think we're gonna. I, I don't think that. 
I think as long as the two of these boys are fit, they're going to play in that position. I think Matty Cash is obviously going to be in there as well. Look, we might as well just do it since I've since I've uh, brought out the team. Now, what I think is going to be super important here is as we see these all these players here, Douglas Louise is going to need to be, and we've said this a million and one times this season, but Douglas Louise is going to almost need to play to come back here like he did in the first couple of games that Stephen Gerrard played. Douglas Louise more or less played inside here. We have to have him as a pivot. We have mm. to have him staying there, marshalling and not going very far forward, which to me then means that we do keep our full backs back and we allow McGinn and uh, where's he gone to? Where's he gone to? Ramsey. I would imagine it would be McGinn and Ramsey then would play um, opposite sides. McGinn and Ramsey then would play in maybe these two positions here. But uh, I, I can't see how Steven Gerrard can go back to getting our wit from our fullbacks. I just can't see it. Not after mm. the, not after the Brighton game. We just look so much more solid. And if we do that, we'd get overrun by Elianusi. And as you said, Stuart Armstrong, like I, I always say that um, Ryan Fraser, Matt Fri Matt Ritchie are my irrational fears. I don't know why, but I just get terrified every time I see the two of them because they just do this stupid stuff of just playing 1990s football. And Stuart Armstrong can be very much like that. And Stuart Armstrong can just take a lash at the ball from 25 yards and sails in the top corner. And mm. he just he he does the basics right, and he's not like he's 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 just a, a he's a nuisance type player is, is what what I I would refer to him as. So you know we have to pay him respect. Elianusi was was really good against us uh, last time we played as well. So mm. um, I think I think by playing that bit of pace, you keep them honest. You maybe keep Walker Peters back a small bit further, creates a small bit more space here for maybe McGinn or maybe for Cash to go forward. But um, if Walker Peters is going to be is is going to play high like that, I think we need to have someone parked out here. If you think about how what leads to us last season at Villa Park when they they beat us three 0 and Matty Cash kind of got small bit of a lesson about the Premier League. Jack Harrison literally just, all Jack Harrison did was stand here. That's all he did for the whole game. And he got more ball and he caused more hassle because every time we got bogged down, every time Leeds got bogged down, they just turned around and booted the ball over the side of the field. And there was Jack mm -hmm. Harrison all on his own because Maddie Cash was 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 trying to do something up, up the field. So Maddie Cash was maybe up here trying to do something up the field. Um, and, and, you know, we're going to have to find a way to utilize somebody like a Leon Bailey in that instance. Now we could very easily do Ubandia as well. I just think with with his pace, the uh, the Leon Bailey, and I'm saying not saying specifically from the start, you could very easily have Ollie Watkins play out there and and Danny Ings play through in the middle. But I'm thinking that this game, if it does pan out any, anything like like it did against Everton, that if you've got that latent pace from Leon Bailey, it can really keep a team honest. And 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 that's an old school view, but. You know, it's it's something that that still works in the Premier League. Yeah, I I, I just can't I can't as you say it, it, it's it's probably an argument for after sixty minutes if we're not getting any joy or we're one 0 down that would probably be the change that would be made. But uh, I I just don't see Leon Bailey from the start. I don't see any changes. Um, other other than maybe brings Buendia back in, but that's going to be at the expense of of Danny Ings because. He's not going to drop Ollie Watkins now after scoring his goal and telling the fans to believe in him. And we'll uh, we'll see what happens with that one at the weekend. But as you say, that that midfield position is is the most important. I'd love to see McGinn and Ramsey drag those guys deeper into their own half rather than them sitting and letting the, the full-backs do it. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Um, 
suppose time dependent we might come back no we're, I, i'm not going to commit because i've got a i've got a um, very very heavy uh uh heavily <laughs> heavy workload for the rest of the week so i don't think we're going to get on between now and um between now and, and saturday um specifically not going to get on around this time of the evening anyway so um we probably we will be back for sure with a team sheet tantrum um at 10 to what what is two. it it's always 10 to 2 on a saturday and uh, we'll be back with a team sheet tantrum look i suppose it's difficult to um it's difficult to kind of figure out what we're going to do but i think the biggest thing here is looking the way southampton play and southampton the way southampton play although they are kind of conjurers of of a different spell that we're used to they do give us options in how we can go against mm. them and um you know it, they will need game planning for sure and uh you know michael beale is going to earn his earn his salt if we do have um uh, if we do come up with another game plan but i just wouldn't be putting everything into us playing exactly the same team in exactly the same way against brighton uh, against against Southampton at, at the weekend, but you know could be wrong. Everything is up for everything is up for grabs, I suppose, in, in, in a game like this. Um, so we're going to leave it at that, guys. Thanks so much to everybody for watching, for listening, for for everything that you do for the podcast. Really, really appreciate it. As I said, we will be back um, with a team sheet tantrum at ten to two on Saturday. Stay safe, provided, everybody. Provided I can get uh, phone coverage, that is. <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot you're going to be there. I was actually supposed to be there as well for this game, but um, no, won't be, won't be there. But uh, I will be over at the Norwich game, as I said previously. Um, for sure, I'm going to that one. But um, yeah, hopefully we'll have you from from um inside the ground uh, to be able to give us uh, a little glimpse of what the atmosphere is like. But stay safe, everybody. Thanks a million for watching. And all that's left to say is up the villa, up the villa. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.